Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, we read the story of the resurrection. Matthew's account says, After the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. In the story, Matthew's account, he tells us about two ladies. Mark and Luke tell us there were some other ladies. And Mark tells us and Luke tells us what they were going to do. They were actually bringing spices to perform a burial ritual. Matthew gives us the graphic description of what happened on that first Easter morning when the earthquake took place and rolled the stone away. An angel came and rolled the stone away. And then we read about how they interacted with Jesus. Today is Easter Sunday, but it's a very unique day. Mark Eddington, the bishop of the Episcopal Church in Europe, wrote this week in the Atlantic. He said in April of 2019, exactly a year ago next week, flames shot through the roof of the Paris, Paris's Notre Dame Cathedral. Before long, the dread became reality. There would be no Easter at Notre Dame. And we could hardly have imagined a year ago that there would be no Easter in most churches in the world this year. But here we are. To say this is unprecedented is an understatement. This is the Easter of empty churches. For the first time in 2,000 years, most of the world's churches will set empty. Every function that we've known around Easter, every tradition and every ritual that we've performed through the years has really been stripped away from us. So much of what we know to be true about Easter or what we're familiar with with Easter is gone. Churches will be empty as the crowds uh, are now the tool of the virus and so we're not getting together in crowds. There's no Easter egg hunts. There's no celebration with our children because we don't want to share things amongst ourselves because we might spread the virus. Our Easter dinners are limited now because we have fear for our elderly and we have fear for our young because they are the most vulnerable and susceptible to this virus. This is truly remarkable. All week long I've been pondering. Most of what we know about Easter is canceled But the essence of Easter is more real today than ever ever before. Listen, I believe that this just might be our best Easter yet. 
Let me tell you why I believe that. I believe this could be our best Easter because the first Easter, which probably is in first place as far as best Easters go, the first Easter had no great crowd, had no great plan, and had no great celebration. Everything about it, we just read it, was humble. It was organic. And never has there been a better Easter. So maybe this year, when all that we know to be the excitement and the joy, the fluff, is stripped away, maybe this will... There were three or four people at the first Easter celebration. This morning, as churches are empty and we are in our homes or we are watching online or sitting in a car somewhere in a parking lot, this morning, this could be the very best Easter we have ever known. I believe it's going to be potentially the best Easter because the resurrection was made for moments like this. As a matter of fact, it's interesting what is colliding today on this Easter. The essence of the resurrection story is Jesus has come to overcome sin and sickness and death. What are the three most prominent things in our world right now? Sin. The world is laced with sin. Sin abounds on every hand. Jesus came to destroy sin. Jesus came to destroy sickness and death. What in the world is going on around us? It is sickness and death. The world knows sin. The world knows sickness. We're in a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. I read this week. That today, April the 12th, today, Easter Sunday, the death toll in America is supposed to peak. Wow, that is to me incredible because on Easter Sunday, death raises its biggest fight. I got one thing to say, death, you picked the wrong day. You picked the wrong day. Easter was made for this moment. It is the story of Easter, the reality of Easter, that Jesus has reminded us that he has come to conquer and destroy death. Jesus said in John 11, 30, uh, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, whoever believes in Jesus, though he die, Yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Jesus asked. Here's the reality. Oh, it's a terrible thing. Oh, what terrible timing, some might say. Oh, the pandemic has come. And oh, the pandemic is messing with Easter, and there's so much sickness and death. No, 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 that's not a problem. Because if death raises its ugly head at Easter, it never picked a less opportune time for itself. Because Easter is a reminder that Jesus Christ came and he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And then he conquered death by walking victoriously out of that tomb. So yeah, we have a sickness and we have pandemic and we have sin and we have death. But the reminder this morning is that Easter was made for moments just like this. And the third reason I believe this could be our best Easter yet is because this is a unique opportunity for you and I to experience Easter differently and more powerfully than ever before. You see, when we have all the things that we're used to, 
The, and, and I love I love the trappings of Easter. I love the traditions of Easter. I love the I love my when my children were home and 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 to see my four children all dressed up in some cute little Easter outfit. I love that. There won't be much of that this year. Every year we would we would have Easter egg hunts at the church, and we had big spring flings and outdoor events. Well, a couple years ago, we 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 dropped. 50,000 eggs. We hid 50,000 eggs in the field. Uh, a few years ago, we had an airplane fly over and drop eggs out of the airplane. We had nearly 1,000 people standing there waiting to come and, and, and get those eggs. Oh, I love all the excitement, all the trappings, but that's not really the essence of Easter. And this year, the celebration, the special choir, the special clothes... The events, the dinners at home with all the family packed in shoulder to shoulder around the table, they're gone. And I believe this might be our best Easter yet because it is going to allow us, without all of that, to see if there's really anything to Easter. And we know that there certainly is. We will experience it perhaps more powerfully than ever before. See, here's what was present at the first Easter. They didn't have Easter egg hunt. They didn't have a big crowd. They didn't have a choir that had rehearsed for three months. They didn't have yellow dresses and pink ties. The very first Easter, the essence of the very first Easter, we read about in the story this morning. And here's what was present at the first Easter that gives me hope about today. The first thing that was present at the first Easter was despair. Absolute despair. You see... Those who had placed all their hopes in Jesus. Those who had believed with everything in them that he was their way to God. Those who had walked away from their livelihoods on an invitation from a stranger. They believed they were going to do something more meaningful with their life and their futures. They were now dazed. They were, they were, they were following the crucifixion. They were in a strange and a dark and a hopeless place. They had watched him be brutally murdered. And for two days, they have looked at each other with blank stares in their faces. Everything they had hoped for, everything they had, were accustomed to, they were riding the wave of this great leader. They had turned in a moment and left all that they had known to follow him. To do something more exciting. And like that it was gone. They hid behind trees. And watched from a distance as Jesus was brutally murdered. And I can tell you that first Easter morning. When their eyes woke up to the first light of that first that day. Their hearts probably woke up and remembered the events of the past 48 hours. And they thought to themselves. Is this really real? Is this really happening? Oh, we had hoped, we had planned, we had dreamed. And he was so brutally murdered. How will we get through a third day? How will we get through this new day? One of the realities of the first Easter was despair. And that's not unlike where we are this morning in this world. Those of us who, which is the entire world, is being told by our authorities, this is bad, this is going to get worse, today's the peak day for death. 
And we're, 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 a lot of us have had to cancel plans. I've, I've known people that have canceled weddings. They've postponed funerals. Their, their vacations are postponed. And if you look at it simply from a human perspective, you wake up this morning and you go, is this thing still happening? Can we please move beyond this sometime soon? Well, I can tell you this morning that we're not alone because the disciples in much greater, in a much greater way, were in a moment of despair. We notice in the first Easter there was resistance. There was resistance. There's two, two elements. Part of it we read, part of it we did not read. In Matthew chapter 28, they put Jesus in the tomb and the Romans put guards at the tomb to stand in front of the gate. If you picked up in verse 11 where we ended in verse 10, if you picked up and read down through verse beginning in verse 11, you would read how that the guards having witnessed Jesus being raised from the dead, they ran to the authorities and the authorities said, hurry up, let's concoct a story. We have to come up with a story. Because the reality at the first Easter, there was not only despair on behalf of those who had followed Jesus, but there was great resistance from those who did not believe in Jesus. This morning, as Christians, we sit in fields and sit on our couches and, and, and sit in our homes or sit on our front porches or our docks and we worship alone, but we worship, maybe we worship in a bit of despair. But there is a world out there, there, out there that stands in direct opposition to our Lord Jesus Christ. There are people that do not believe for a moment that Jesus Christ literally suffered and died, literally was buried, and literally the third day rose again. But here's the deal. Despair isn't new, and resistance is not new. The world has always denied the resurrection because of its true. If it's true, Jesus lays claim on every person's life. As a matter of fact, I think that all this is happening coming today. I think this is not accidental or not unfortunate. I think it's very fortunate because it reminds us that in the midst of despair and in the midst of opposition, there is hope. The third thing that we noticed that was present, present rather at that first Easter was those disciples were filled with fear and joy and worship. And what we find is that seeing the risen Christ for themselves, those ladies were, were, were put into a unique place. As a matter of fact, when you read it in Matthew 28, verse 8, it says, when they came, they heard the angel, they, they got the news, and it says they were filled with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy. Joy. It seems to me like that's mixed emotion, but what it really is is that they were filled with awe and wonder at the, at the reality that they had witnessed the supernatural. They had seen an angel. The angel had spoke to them. They were looking at the resurrected Lord. They would soon fall down and begin to worship at his feet. And, and, and the reality is that when they witnessed for themselves, the resurrected Christ, their hearts were filled with awe and wonder and fear at the supernatural, but at the same time, their hearts were filled with great joy. Here's the deal. This morning, some people sit in despair, some people sit in resistance to the resurrection. 
but for every man, woman, boy, and girl, every young person who has witnessed the resurrected Christ for themselves, our hearts are filled with awe and reverence and joy because we know that Christ is alive. Jesus speaks to them and immediately they begin to worship. There is fear and awe over the supernatural reality of what they are witnessing. There is indescribable joy that their greatest hopes have been realized. And there is adoration and worship in the presence of Jesus. You know the reality is, listen, some of the world sits in despair. Some of the world sits in resistance. But this morning, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you sit with joy and awe. And we come, whether we're in a field or in a living room or whether we're sitting on a back porch somewhere or sitting in a car or whether we're alone or with two or three, wherever we are, we come with hearts filled with worship because we've seen the resurrected Christ. This morning on this strange, beautiful Easter day, all of us are in one of those three places. A place of despair, not knowing the certainty of our future, wringing our hands over the pandemic. This has swept across the world, and many sit this morning in absolute despair. Some sit in a place of denial and resisting the truth of the resurrection. They guard their hearts and minds with Roman soldiers to keep the reality of Jesus' resurrection from touching them. Listen, this is a beautiful Easter because those in despair and those in resistance may just get to experience Jesus like never before. And there are those of us who have experienced Jesus for ourselves. We have seen him. We have seen the resurrected Lord. We have heard his voice and the risen Christ. And in our hearts this morning, there is incredible awe and joy and worship that springs from deep within because we know he's alive. Because we know sickness and death do not have the last word because we know our future is secure and because we know that death has been forever defeated. The churches may be empty today and they certainly are. As a matter of fact, as I preach this message to you, the sanctuary that I'm preaching from is virtually empty. And churches all across the world may be empty. But I got news for you. This may be the Easter of the best and the most powerful worship that we have ever known. Listen, if you do not know Jesus today, you can know him by simply confessing your sin, repenting of your sin, and placing all of your faith and your trust in him. And I want to tell you if, you, if you do that, you don't have to live in despair. And you don't have to live in resistance. You can live with quiet confidence and, and, and jubilant joy in your heart that Jesus is holding your future. This just may be the very best Easter we've ever known. Let me pray with you.
So Father, this morning, I bow before you. And Jesus, I humbly kneel, Lord, to tell you how much we love you. To tell you how much we worship you this morning. And we thank you that we too have seen you, Lord, resurrected. We've experienced your power. It's palpable. It's real. It's personal. And Lord, I pray for every person here this morning that is watching. And I pray that your power and your might and your glory would reveal to them, Lord, who you are. Lord, that person that doubts, Lord, would, would their doubt turn to faith this Easter? Lord, that person that is despairing and afraid, would their fear, Lord, turn to courage and confidence in you today? And may Christians worship you like never before. We pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.